welcome to The Upward Way, the podcast that assists the navigation of life with biblical insights from a Christian counselor. I'm your host, Steve Harness. Life is a journey, and we can find God's best for our lives. Each podcast, we take a question from our listening audience and answer two basic questions. What does the Bible say about this? And what does this mean for me? Together, let's discover the upward way. Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Upward Way. And Natalie, we can have another good question here to start our program today. Okay, so this question is going to be an interesting one. I think you'll find it very intriguing. Is it okay to have a social drink now and then? I'm not an alcoholic or anything, is what this person says. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So <clears throat> what about drinking? What about social drinking? And so the question is about alcohol, alcoholic uh, consumption. And, you know, a lot of folks uh, drink alcohol that maybe are not alcoholics or drunk all the time, but it does lead you to that. There's a questionnaire that I have in our uh, Mountain View Counseling Ministry that is the CAGE test. The CAGE test, and uh, here's the questions in that. Have you ever felt you should cut down on your drinking? Number two, have you ever been annoyed when people have commented on your drinking? That's the A. So the C, cut down. Annoyed when people comment. The G, <coughs> the G in CAGE would be, have you ever felt guilty were bad about your drinking and then number four for the E have you ever had an eye-opener first thing in the morning to steady your nerves or to get rid of the hangover so so drinking more than just during the day but I need to get the day going with some to uh, try to cope with the start of the day so those are good questions the cage test is drinking a problem I would say really any drinking is a problem whether or not you would say you're an alcoholic or not or or answered to those questions that you would be. The Bible says so many times about how dangerous alcohol is. Now, there'll be a debate, and people may want to justify their choices, and so there's different perspectives on this, about what's the Hebrew term for alcohol, what's the uh, Greek word for alcohol, and what does that look like in Scripture? Because the word wine is used so much throughout the Bible. Many times, and you need to look at the context because the word wine itself means the fruit of the vine. That includes Welch's grape juice or whatever brand of grape juice that you buy. So uh, it could be grape juice, or if it's left to itself for a while, it becomes alcoholic. That's what the word wine is. Now, when it comes to alcohol, there's so many prohibitions in Scripture that many people overlook. And that's a sad thing because the Bible is so clear about the, these, uh, these teachings. Proverbs 20, verse 1, wine is a mocker. It's going to make fun of you. Strong drink is, strong drink is raging. It's going to create anger in you. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. It doesn't make you very smart whenever you drink. Proverbs 23, verses 29 through 35. 
is a powerful chapter. And into this chapter here, absolutely astonishing how someone may want to justify after reading these verses. But listen to this. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions like fighting? Who hath babbling? Blah, 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 like that. Not, not being able to be understood. Who hath wounds without a cause? Why am I beat up right now? Why, why do I have sores and bruises all over me? Wounds without a cause. Why do I have a cut? Who hath redness of eyes? The bloodshot from drinking eyes. They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. And so what a prohibition given there. In fact, there's a warning as this passage continues. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. So let's say somebody's pouring out some wine or alcohol somewhere and, you know, it's, it's fizzling up and uh, bubbling up, all of that. The Bible says don't even look at it. Don't put yourself in a place of temptation like that. Now, we'll eat in restaurants sometimes that will have maybe a bar section, you know, across the way. But whenever they try to seat us, if it's just Natalie and I, sometimes they'll say, you want to sit over here? But we don't sit where the the alcohol uh, kegs or wine bottles are stored. We don't want to sit in front of that. We don't want to be around it because of this verse. See how practical that is. If, uh, if you have been an alcoholic in the past, you don't want to go into a bar. You don't want to go to places uh, where they're serving it like that. I appreciate the stand my parents took on that verse on look not thou upon the wine. I remember going to the grocery store, different places, and we couldn't go down those aisles. They'd be like, turn your head, kids. That's bad. Your Bible says not to look at it. Or if TV um, was on and a commercial came up for an alcohol um, brand or something, and they'd say, oh, turn your eyes, kids. Or they quick change the channel. Don't look at that. Right. You know, even if you're watching sports especially, you should have the remote control in your hand because every other commercial is going to be an alcohol commercial. And so be diligent about that. The verse continues, verse 32 of Proverbs 23. At, at the last, it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Hey, I don't want no snake biting me, but that's what alcohol will do to you. Thine eyes shall be behold uh, shall behold strange women, people uh, like a woman who does not belong to you. That's what it means. And thine heart shall utter perverse things. You'll say things that you'll regret later. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. A mast in the sea on a boat will, will shake back and forth and be wobbly. That's what that's talking about. They have stricken me, thou shalt say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. There's a description of someone who won't give up alcohol. They, they won't give it up at any cost. They feel beat up. They feel controlled by it. They don't understand why they have wounds and problems and, and are wobbly. And it's because of their love for alcohol. So the scripture gives us many, and there's other passages we could read as well about the, the prohibition of alcohol and how dangerous it really is. So can we really use it? What about Timothy? Whenever in First Timothy 5, verse 23, Paul told Timothy, Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake, and often thine often infirmities. What kind of wine was that? Again, you got to look at the context and understand uh, the history context as well. If he was in a location that didn't have clean drinking water, it'd be safer to squeeze some grapes and drink the blood of those grapes. That's the juice 
grape juice, which the word wine simply means fruit of the vine. And you think if you had an upset stomach, would, would it be a good time to go drink some alcohol? I don't know of anybody saying that. Uh, but maybe some grape juice for how it coats the insides of your stomach. Uh, perhaps that's what they're talking about there. There's another interesting verse, Proverbs 31, verse 6, which describes using alcohol or wine as a medicine. Again, the word is just the word uh, strong drink here, which indicates alcohol. So you'll, you'll find that, the term wine, and other times you'll find the term strong drink. So here it is, Proverbs 31, 6. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish. He's about to croak. He's about to die. And <laughs> Natalie liked that term. <laughs> so he's on his deathbed. And he needs, uh, he needs the easing of his pain. Perhaps he was in battle. Or maybe he's dying of some kind of a disease or something. Or maybe he's dying of some kind of a disease or something. And so he's ready to perish. It says, give strong drink to him. That it has to do with alcoholic wine right there. And then it says, and wine to those that be of heavy hearts. So someone that maybe just gone through a loss of a loved one, or um, they have some really uh, depression, things like that. Wine, it doesn't, it doesn't specify strong drink there. It's in the same verse, but it's using a different term. So it's very interesting. And we probably could use alcohol to some degree for medicine. This makes me think of war times. I don't know, back Civil War era, maybe when they would run out of morphine or whatever, and they had to amputate a leg, and often they would just give them strong drink. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'll see that in old westerns. You know, uh, before they would uh, do that, uh, maybe cut uh, a doctor would cut a leg or amputate or something. So like like a medicine is nyquil does it still have uh, alcohol in it yeah so uh, you get the idea it's it's to be used on purpose if it actually has alcohol in it otherwise it's not social drinking it's not let's just drink for a good time if you're drinking for a good time that's not what the bible's teaching for the use of alcohol according to those verses that we've tried to use to encourage you with and so if you go to a party, I wouldn't go to a party where there's there's beer and alcohol, and that's the whole theme. If you have to have alcohol to have a good time, that really expresses that I can't have a good time with these people unless we have something to drink. Uh, whenever someone drinks, it's a lot of times like some of those addiction things that we spoke of in earlier episodes. They're trying to forget what's happening or trying to ease the pain. From something and how can you say I'm, I'm gonna have a good time but I'm trying to forget my friends and I don't even know what happened last night that doesn't sound like a very good time when you think about it so avoid social drinking as well the Bible tells us about Jesus then and the wedding of Cana I've been to Cana and I've looked at the huge water pot pots that were uncovered there years ago John 10 or John 12 John 2 verse 10 says he saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. Jesus kept the freshest, best tasting wine. Uh, he, he, he made the water into that type of wine. It's like this uh, man at the wedding party thought, Wow, you're, you're holding the good stuff till last when most people try to slip in the bad stuff. 
till later. One, one other thought then is the Lord's Supper. Whenever you celebrate communion in your church, scripturally, it should be with non-fermented wine, which is grape juice. Because in the, in the scriptures, fermentation and yeast, they always represent sin. So when we go to the Lord's Supper, we're recognizing what Jesus did in, in having his body beaten for us and broken for us and then his blood shed for us and that's no light thing and they're they're using those elements the matzah the bread has no leaven in it they're using that on purpose the grape juice they're using that on purpose and it all is to represent something to be more meaningful and more biblical in our understanding of what jesus did for us and so that's another thought for you that it's just grape juice so the lord's supper the first um, Lord's Supper was grape juice and then when Jesus turned the water into wine that was just grape juice it was non-alcoholic yes right? that's what I believe looking at the text and understanding what the man said to him afterwards it it's somewhat contradictory to think that Jesus created alcoholic wine to intoxicate the wedding guests that just does not make sense when you read Proverbs and all the prohibitions against becoming drunk. But often the word wine meant just unfermented grape juice. So it Right. Read the context. So whenever you're reading the scriptures, read the context. So back to the question. We gave you a lot of theology and background Bible understanding to answer the question. Is it okay to have a social drink? I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it now or then or anytime. Uh, just avoid alcohol and your life will be much richer for it. And Proverbs 20, verse 1, the verse we started with at the end there says, Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. So it's kind of a no-brainer. If you want to be wise, you don't drink alcohol. Don't take the strong And obviously drink. the opposite of wise, we would say, and today we would say, well, that's stupid. So to me, if you know, it, it would just be foolish, extremely foolish to see all that God has written about it in his word and then to still say, oh, well, I can I can social drink now. Right, to deny it or to be deceived because of uh, lust or just uh, craving or wanting. So, all right, good episode. Hope it's a help to you. And thank you for listening. We hope that you could share some of these episodes with the people that you love. If today's episode has been a help to you, Please give us a five-star rating and post a positive review about the program. We would love to answer your questions, too. Just go to wiltonbaptistchurch.com radio. That's wiltonbaptistchurch.com radio to submit your question. Thanks for listening today. Let's choose the upward way.